Shout to the latest internet sensation. If it's happening in Melbourne, Seb Costello all over it. Seb, you're a pest, mate. There's no one who's shown more genius. Good morning, Seb, and good morning to all your listeners. Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. Good morning, happy Saturday, November 5. What a show this morning. On the line, we'll have the man responsible for the greatest second-place celebration in sporting history. Who won it? Who won it? Who won it? I don't care. It's I don't care. This is the Melbourne I don't care. Cup we came here. We finished second. We wouldn't be happy with last. That is the best runner-up celebration you will hear. It's the owner of Heartbreak City, the horse that ran second in the 2016 Melbourne Cup. His name is Aidan Shields, and he's dialing in from New York. Also, there's big news regarding this man. Piss off! Piss off, bud! You can't be doing that! Well, he's done something significant, and I'll tell you about that a bit later in the program. And up next, a Melbourne television icon. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Oh, you've got a you've got a legitimately funny one this week. <laughs> That's right. The great Peter Hitchener is back on the weekend breakfast. One, two, three. Here is the three things you need to know about with Channel Nine's Peter Hitchener. Yes, he is the first citizen of this city. The great Peter Hitchener. And Hitchy, what is the subject this week? Three things you need to know about the World Series. Very topical. The World Series of baseball. Okay, what's the first thing we need to know about this year's World Series? The World Series was won by the Chicago Cubs, who defeated the Cleveland Indians in seven games. It's the Cubs' first World Series win since 1908. Factual, important, strong start from you. All right, what's the second thing we need to know? Many Cubs fans believe their bad luck began in 1945. A billy goat was unfairly evicted from the team's home field. The goat's owner is said to have sent a telegram to Cubs management writing, you are never going to win a World Series because you insulted my goat. No kidding. Yes. Little goat pun there to finish on. I like it. It's interesting. So the curse of the goat has been broken. All right, what's the third thing we need to know? Ghostbusters star Bill Murray is the Chicago Cubs' biggest fan and helped defy the curse by declaring, I ain't afraid of no goat, which I guess makes him a goatbuster as well. Something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Goatbusters. Very nice work from you, Hitchy. Three things you need to know about the World Series comes to an end for this week. That was the three things you need to know with Peter Hitchner. The future of the free world will be decided next week with the US presidential election, and it's going to be decided by people like this guy who spoke to Channel 9 earlier in the week. Australia, tell me about your gun laws down here in Australia. They're pretty good, aren't they? Are they? Yeah. I think you guys are idiots. Righto. It's a crazy country, which is why you need a good journalist covering it, which brings us to our next guest, the US correspondent for the Nine Network. Good morning, Laura Turner. Good morning, Seb. That gentleman uh, that we just heard from, I, I've lost count of the amount of times we've had that said to us. Is that right? So what, they're, they're quite aware of our gun laws, are they? Yeah, they are, because every time there's a mass shooting here, the Australian situation gets brought up. So they're very aware, and it's something that uh, every Trump rally we've been to, that, that as soon as they hear your accent, that's what 
what comes out of their mouth. Oh, well, I'm sure uh, you won't be backward in coming forward and telling them that they're a good move and they've done our country a lot of good. So, uh, look, the, the question I guess everybody wants to know from over here is we saw this week Trump ahead in one of the polls by just one percentage point, but ahead, which I think staggered a lot of people. Is he a realistic chance to win? Well, look, he is now. They're still saying that uh, Hillary is the favoured, you know, she she looks like she'll win. She still has the wider path to victory. But certainly, and amazingly, in the last week, he has clambered back into contention in a way that no one here has ever seen before. He still has a really big uphill battle to go. He's still got to win all of the Republican states and then swing all of the swing states in his favour and then win a state that's leaning Democratic right now. But a lot of the uh, the polls in those battleground states have really tightened up to look like he could win them. So it is a big uphill climb for him, but it's possible. So for people who don't know how the US electoral system works, you can get the most votes in the country and still not be president. You've got to win individual states, which then give you uh, voters in what's called the electoral college. And if you win that, then you become president. So when you're talking about swinging states that are leaning Democrat into Trump's favour, what are some of the states he would need to try and flip? So a perfect example of that is Florida. Florida is, as we know, a really big state. It has 29 electoral college votes. That's the state with a lot of electoral college votes. And basically the way, uh, you know, it works is that uh, the the number of college votes in each state roughly uh, reflects the population of that state. So both of the candidates have been spending a lot of time in Florida because it is such a swing state. It goes different ways each election And it is so vote rich with that electoral college. So with Hillary, they're saying if she can hold on to all the states that, you know, are going to pretty much vote Democrat already, if she can then go ahead and win Florida, she's pretty much won. We're talking to the Nine Network's US correspondent, Laura Turner, who's in Philadelphia ahead of an appearance from Hillary Clinton. And since you've followed state elections here in Victoria, you've been involved in federal election coverage. How does the US presidential election differ as an event? It is so uh, completely different in that, of course, in Australia, uh, you know, everybody's passionate about the way the country's headed. But our politics, uh, you know, both sides of the room, I guess you could say, still hold uh, similar views. They're right. different, but, you know, everyone's a little closer to the centre. Here, there is an, just such a gulf <laughs> Uh, between the two sides and so much anger and so much passion. And, you know, this is the first U.S. election I've covered and many people are saying that this is different than the others with because of that anger. But that is exactly what we're seeing. That There's, there's real hatred, I'm sad to say, coming from both directions, you know, and I've got to say, especially from the Trump camp, there is real anger and hatred on the ground out there. Um, and, and that is what we're finding is that that's the, the real glaring difference between the US and Australia is the passion out there, you know, whether for better or worse is, is so obvious. You know, you've got even at Trump rallies yesterday, we saw two young girls they weren't even old enough to vote yet. And they're standing at the front screaming for Hillary. They've got, you know, the Trump signs, grab them by the you know what, you know, kids that cannot vote yet are out doing this just you know, to get Hillary elected. And the same, we were at a Hillary rally the other day and this big group of Trump supporters are out the front dressed in prison uniforms and screaming out, you know, awful things about Hillary Clinton. And they're there, you know, on their own time. They're not getting paid. But, you know, there's just so much passion. 
Well, I'm glad we've got you there to sort through all the madness. Laura Turner, the US correspondent for the Nine <laughs> Network, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ed. This man just has to open his mouth and it makes news, but there is a tremendous development in the life of one Lance Franklin. Piss off! <laughs> Piss off, bud! <laughs> you can't be doing that! Well, he has been doing something, and I bring you from social media a photo that Jacinta Franklin has posted this morning. Buddy and Jacinta Campbell have gotten married. She's posted a photo of the two of them. She's in her wedding dress. He's in his tuxedo. And it says, Mr. and Mrs. Franklin. And I read uh, from the Sydney Morning Herald, who say that Australian model and TV presenter Jacinta Campbell and Sydney Swan star Buddy Franklin have tied the knot in an ultra-private ceremony on Friday, the couple announcing the nuptials on social media. The bride wore a full-skirted Vera Wang... No, that's enough. I'm not interested in what the clothes are. But congratulations, Buddy and Jacinta Franklin, for getting married yesterday. We bring you everything that's happening around the country on this program. There's trouble brewing in Eltham today. Uh, It's called the Battle for Eltham Rally, and it's all over a decision to allow Syrian and Iraqi refugees to be resettled in an Eltham retirement village. So there's a group who call themselves the Party for Freedom Australia, and they've organised what they are calling the Battle for Eltham Rally. Uh, And I'll read from the Facebook event, which says, on Saturday the 5th of November 2016, a coalition of patriotic Australians will be holding a rally at Andrew Park, Eltham, opposing the resettlement of Syrian and Iraqi refugees. It then goes on to say things like, the decision to house the refo invaders in an aged care facility is a slap in the face to locals who want to not only protect their elderly in a nursing home, but also protect their families from being exposed to guaranteed social and cultural fric- friction, crime and possible terrorism. Well, we've made contact with the group, the so-called Party for Freedom Australia. We're yet to hear a response from them, but we have got a response from Victoria Police. This is a statement they've issued the weekend breakfast just a few minutes ago, and it says, Victoria Police is aware of the planned rally in Eltham on Saturday, the 5th of November. Victoria Police advises anyone attending that we will not tolerate any social, anti-social behaviour or violence. Urging violence and hatred within our community is not a form of free speech and is illegal. Any attempt to intimidate or harass, or in the case of any form of violence occurring, police will intervene immediately. If you're out that way in the northeast in Eltham, uh, it is expected that Youth Road and Diamond Street between the level crossings and the Diamond Creek Bridge will be closed from 10am into the afternoon. Look, if you are planning on attending this rally, give us a call. Just want to know what it's all about and also want to know what locals actually think of this issue, the decision to resettle Syrian and Iraqi refugees in a nursing home. 13353 is the number. You can hit us up on Twitter. At Seb Costello 9 is the Twitter handle. But I fear that by the end of the day, when we turn on the TV news around 6 o'clock, we are going to see some images that are becoming all too frequent, and that is two groups that completely oppose each other basically punching on. Let's hope that doesn't happen because police deserve to be kept safe, the public deserves to be kept safe, but there's definitely trouble brewing when you hear some of that sort of inflammatory language that you heard on the Facebook group. Tammy, you're from Eltham. What do you think of this battle for Eltham rally? Hi, look, I'm disgusted with um, with the rally. I'm a local. Um, I won't be attending. My friends won't be attending. We're not going to steal that hatred. Um, We welcome the refugees. I think it's great. Tammy, appreciate your call. Thanks for calling in to James at Hopper's Crossing. James, what's your take on the battle for Eltham Rally? Yeah, look, I'm 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 not going to the rally, mate, and I'd never do anything like that. But I'm I'm definitely concerned with the uh, um, with this refugee intake. Um, I own a security door business, 
And I've never been busier in the last 12 months, mate, with the fear of people and with this, with the current apex situation. And um, I'm more concerned at the fact that we can't even look after our homeless people in this state and we're, we're going to let these people in. Yeah, look, mate, uh, but you can't be happy to see, you know, these groups going up there just to stir a bit of trouble and, and clash. Oh, I think that's disgraceful, mate, and it's, it's, it is racism, and I am not racist at all, but I am very concerned, and so are a lot of people, mate. Yep, well, that's a legitimate point of view, James, and I appreciate your call. What a thrilling Melbourne Cup race it was, with Almandon and Heartbreak City, the Irish horse, going right down to the wire before it was Lloyd Williams who just got its nose in front. But one of the great moments of the Melbourne Cup was watching the syndicate owners of Heartbreak City celebrate in the grandstands. They're called here for the crack, and they are a great bunch of Irish blokes who brought a really nice feeling to the Melbourne Cup carnival. Here's how they celebrated moments after the race. The voice you heard there, enjoying himself more than any other, was Aidan Shields, one of the owners of Heartbreak City, who joins us on the line from New York. Good morning, sir. Good morning, yourself. That's the first time I heard that. I didn't think it was that bad. Okay. Oh, mate, you were having fun, though. That's what we loved about it. Ah, yes. Look, you don't don't plan for that sort of stuff, but what the hell do you do? Which is with a great time. Just something happens. What can I tell you? That, that follows us to the race. What is it like to, uh, to own a horse who runs that well? Because you obviously just get carried away in the emotion and the fun and the drama of it. Yeah, definitely do. And uh, Jesus, it's not planned, but that's what happens when we win or get close or whatever. And sure, what's no point uh, just going around shaking hands and whatever. Like we let it all out and we enjoy ourselves, you know, and that's great. So, so that's that's what it's all about, and that's basically one of the main reasons we're in racing, you know. Mate, you've been to some of the biggest races in Europe with Heartbreak City, and this was your first time down to Flemington. What did you make of it? Unbelievable. Uh, I would say it was one of the best. I say it probably will be the best experience we're ever going to have. Uh, just the way we were looked after with uh, Lee Lee Jordan and the whole crew down there, and. Uh, Darren Dance, Liz Dance. I mean, from the moment we landed until we left, we were treated like royalty, you know. And any, anything we needed, it was there for us. And we just enjoyed ourselves. And But it was great. It was a great experience. Love to do it again, you know. Oh, and we'd love to have you. What did you do the night that Heartbreak City ran second? What did you do the night of the Cup? Sure, you know what we were doing all day. We just continued doing it. We continued <laughs> drinking as long as we could. And... Uh, we just kept at it. We went back to the hotel, the Crown Metropole. We went there and then we went to the casino and uh, we wandered over there. I don't know. No, it's open 24 hours, so uh, we were still there the next morning. <laughs> then we went off to a few Irish pubs during the day yesterday and we get, we finished up there and we headed for the for the airport. Fantastic. And we hell on the way back in the plane and now we're ready to go again. We're just ready to hit the Irish Rover and another, as soon as this is finished. Well, you mentioned Irish pubs and, and you mentioned the Irish Rover just then because you're a pub owner yourself. You own the Irish Rover uh, in New York. W- were they watching the Melbourne Cup at your pub? Ah, oh, stop, yeah. We had it on in the pub. The place was mobbed. Uh, 
they went off. You think we were bad? You wonder I've seen them acting. <laughs> you know, it's great, it's great, it's great. So we're going up there now to meet them and finish it off. We won't be able to sleep tonight if we don't get something into the system, you know? Absolutely, mate. And one thing, uh, you know, doing a bit of reading on yourself, um, I you know, was interested to read your story in uh, the way that you're a real self-made man, aren't you? You, you left uh, Ireland looking for opportunities and uh, you've done a ride in New York. Yeah, that's, that's, that is correct. We left Ireland in the early 80s when things were bad. We, we left with not, a, not as much as a penny in our pocket. We, we borrowed a couple of hundred quid just to get us out of the country, but... We all hit the country at the same time in the early 80s. The recession was very bad in Ireland, and we all, from all over Ireland, hit here at the same time. And we swore we'd never go back unless we could make a few quid. And thank God everything, we worked hard, but by God, we partied hard too. <laughs> but uh, we all done well, and should look at that's, that's what it's all about. But we still love Ireland. We go to Ireland, we have all our horses there. If our horses are running, we go see them running, that's it, no matter where they run, Ireland, England, and now, as you see, Australia, wherever they run, we go, and that's it. We just we just love the racing. If it's, if it's on for a weekend, we play out here for Friday, and the horses run Saturday or Sunday, and we come back Monday. So that's basically what we do over the winter and whatever. We just love the racing, you know? There's a lesson in there for all of us. You work hard, you get something, and then you celebrate what you've earned. That's it. You work hard, you play hard, listen... You're not here for a long time. You're here for a good time. Don't forget that. And that is the perfect way to finish it. Aiden Shields, one of the owners of Heartbreak City. We loved having you in Melbourne. It's great to chat to you over there in New York. And hopefully one day I make it to the Irish Rover and I can have a pint of Guinness with you. That's right. Don't worry. The first five will be on me. <laughs> <laughs> right. that's, uh, that's on tape, you know. I might hold you to that. Don't worry about that. But then you've got to drink the next 15. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> Usain Bolt has dominated this week. Hats off to Usain for throwing himself into absolutely every opportunity and celebrating Melbourne. He was obviously here for the races, was there on Oaks Day, but also announcing that he's going to be part of Athletics Australia's Nitro Series, which is a brand new rebranded version of the Summer Series of Athletics Championships that is going to be more a 2020 style of aths. We'll speak to Johnny Stephenson, his great mate, a bit later about both what Bolt's been up to, but also about the Nitro Series. But did you hear what Usain has been doing in Melbourne when he's been away from the cameras? One thing, we always go bowling. That's one thing we do every time I come here. I've been bowling four times since I've been here. <laughs> yeah, something I enjoy because you get to just chill with your friends and all the people and you just bowl and it's just really exciting, you know? The fastest man in the world is a bowler. Who knew? Everything was going well in the cricket. We'd skittled the South Africans for just 242. We were flying at no wickets for 158. Dave Warner was sitting on 97, looking like another century at the Wacker. And then Mark Nichols went and opened his mouth. He moves to 97. Never been out in the 90s. Mark, sorry. What did you say then? Did you say he's never been out in the 90s? In a test match, he's never oh, been out in the no. 90s. Never been out of the 90s. Why did you have Slats, to How many up? times are you out in the 90s? He's gone. He's gone. Unbelievable. 97. Bounce and a perfect line from Dale Steyn. Oh, Mark, you put the commentator's curse on him. Are you kidding me, Mark Nicholas? That is outrageous. Completely moss David Warner. Joining us on the line now is the great Australian cricketer, Brad Haddon. Brad, thanks for your time. Mate, what is Mark doing? Oh, those pommies just do not know when to <laughs> shut their mouth today. Oh, David Warner was on fire. Everyone was sitting at home relaxed. Australia was in a great position. And 
but till the pommy opens his mouth again. But it's unbelievable, isn't it? Well, let's talk about that. So we're uh, north for 158, and then we lose 10 wickets, all 10 wickets, for less than 100 runs. What went wrong? Yeah, South Africa's um, game plan, I was a bit shocked at the, the start of the Australian innings uh, with Dale Stane. He's an experienced bowler. He went quite short um, at the Australians and tried to intimidate and we got away and but they come back the next day and their lines were, were beautiful so uh, yeah it was a uh, South Africa showed a lot of character to get uh, into the position they are now. Mitch Marsh will be a talking point because you know he's still looking for that first test century he's I think only made more than 10 runs at test level uh, less than uh, 13 times he was a duck yesterday what do you reckon that does for his test future? Oh, he, he was under pressure before the test match started, so he's going to have a lot of pressure going into to, to the second innings. He didn't bowl much in, in the first innings, also. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, he's not a, a project player, Mitch anymore. He's he's uh, he's 25 years old, so he, he's got to start producing at this level. We're talking to Brad Haddon, the cricketing great, about the first test up at the Wacker, which uh, day three will start in a couple of hours' time. Well, one thing that seems to have gone right for the Aussies, and you know, you never wish an injury upon anybody, but Dale Stane looks like his summer is over with uh, a re-injured to that shoulder. I, I guess that changes the Test series a little bit. Yeah, it does. It's oh, from an Australian cricket point of view, it's it's from the players, it's not that disappointing. But from from a spectator's point of view, there's there's no AB de Villiers there. There's no um, Dale Stane there. Arguably. Oh, the greats of the last 10 years, to, to be perfectly honest. So it's uh, disappointing for the Australian public that uh, they don't get to watch them through the summer. So, But from David Warner and the top-order batters, um, yeah, it's, uh, they, they wouldn't be too uh, worried about it. But looks like Dale's cut his, the own head off his snake. <laughs> Very nice, mate, using his words <laughs> against him. Yeah, confirmed a broken bone in the shoulder of fast bowler from South Africa, Dale Stane. So that'll probably be the end of his summer. And mate, what are you making of this Wacker pitch? I mean, last year we saw it was just a run fest. Dave Warner was loving life out in the middle. But it seems a little bit more unpredictable this year. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, from a, a spectator's point of view, it, it wasn't great viewing last year. There was obviously a lot of runs, and um, from the batter's point of view, they would have been happy. But what everyone wants, we want a contest between bat and ball. And the whacker, I don't think, is ever going to get back to the traditional fast-paced um, whacker it was. But I, I think they've got a really good mix um, with this test. There's actually a contest between bat and ball, and that's all we want to see. Absolutely. Well, South Africa have a 102-run lead with eight wickets remaining in their second innings when day three resumes a bit later on today. What would Australia like to see South Africa finish up with in their second innings to give us a chance? Oh, I think we can chase a pretty decent title, to be perfectly honest, because they're one fast bowler down that, so they've got two quick bowlers. And from a tactical point of view, if you keep those guys out there for a long time and they got a spinner um, that's inexperienced, obviously, at test cricket. So, yeah, oh, you wouldn't want to chase more than 350. But, um, yeah, you've got to remember South Africa won bowling down. So it's going to be a massive workload on the bowlers. So, Mate, we'll be watching with interest. How good does Brad Haddon sound on Triple M? Hopefully we hear your voice a bit later on in the summer, mate. Thank you for joining us this morning. No, thanks for having me. Enjoy your day, boys. Fantastic. It is 10 past eight. Brad Haddon there on Triple M's Weekend Breakfast talking everything first test at the Wacker. South Africa with a 102-run lead, eight wickets remaining in their second innings. The Aussies, well, they want to chase down no more than 350, according to Hads.
tomorrow, one of our favourites here on Triple M, will return to the sporting arena. I speak, of course, of the great Manny Pacquiao, who has decided to return to the ring one more time at the age of 37, just deferring his work in the Filipino Senate to get back in the ring and take on Mexican-American Jesse Vargas for the World Boxing Organisation Welterweight Crown. And whenever you mention Manny Pacquiao, you have to mention that he is not only a boxer, of course, he's a singer. Sometimes when we touch, the too much, and I have to close my eyes. Oh, no. Big note coming up, Manny. I want to hold you till the fear in me subsides. (laughs) Oh, he talks about closing your eyes. What about closing your ears when Manny Pacquiao sings? He's back in the ring. Get to a pub, watch it tomorrow. Could be a good fight. Jesse Vargas, he's taking on. I got a waft of eggs and coconut oil coming into the studio, and I followed my nose to the man who was eating that, and it happens to be Mr. Ed Cavalier, who is in to do a bit of Dead Set Legends work this morning. Yes, filling in for Howie on uh, Dead Set Legends, Seb, nice to see you, which I'm excited about, always good fun. Obviously, I do the show in Brisbane during the week, of course, a bit of have you been paying attention, I'll do my own intro, that's okay. And But <laughs> the reason One I... One of Australia's funniest men. No, <laughs> don't, you never do that. You never do that when you have a comedian on, because yeah. they, there's a great story with Louis C.K., yeah, where he was uh, into he was uh, going on first for Jerry Seinfeld, and he, inter- he this is when he was a younger comic, and he in- uh, he introduced Jerry Seinfeld as and coming up next the funniest comedian in the world Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld found him backstage afterwards and says, "Don't you ever introduce me like that again." <laughs> really? I want you to say, "Oh, now here's some guy from New York, Jerry Seinfeld." <laughs> and then he comes out and kills. That's not what I want to talk about. Right. What I'd like to talk to you about is how many race days have you been out to this year? Just Derby Day. Now, why is that? Why did you pick Derby Day? I picked Derby Day because I had the weekend off. I had to work Cup Day. Sure, okay. I was up in Sydney doing a story for Channel 9 News, which will air on Monday. Why were you, you are Channel 9's up and coming star. Mm. Why would they send you away from Melbourne, your hometown, on the biggest day in the Melbourne sporting calendar outside the AFL Grand Final? Perhaps so I would actually focus on doing work rather than slipping away and watching right. the races. Maybe. And how was the interview with Bryn Edelston? <laughs> We got Bryn and Gabby together. It is a story oh, like none of Bryn and Gabby least. together. Jeez, there are certain film producers that have been throwing money at that. What my question is yes. as follows: Who do you think has had the best race weekend? I know we've got Stakes Day to go, and I accept that. Oh. And then there's a great family day, and I've been out to Stakes Day before. It's a wonderful day. Who do you think has been the winner off track thus far this year? In the and I know it's a question without notice, Seb. Is on the on the race week on the race week? Usain Bolt. I thought you'd say that. Mm. Yeah. He looked fantastic. He did. Always looks fantastic. You know, he didn't actually come down under with any formal clothes, so Crown had to scrounge and get him a couple of suits. Is that a scoop? Yeah. Uh, the we, first we, time I've... Th- has that been said? I, I went with it yesterday, but we that can go is again. fantastic. What did he rock up with? <laughs> just, just a singlet. Training bag. That's it. A couple of drink a, passes at the Lumbra. And a big bash outfit, hoping, <laughs> to, get, <laughs> hoping to get in the middle order. So they've had to whip up some suits. Yep. To get him out there. To get him out there. So that's why he was looking so fresh. So who so is he fresh. the official guest of? Crown. Crown. Mm. So is he, he hasn't been going into the, you haven't seen him much in the birdcage tents, has he? No, because Crown's marquee, for those who don't know or no, I've aren't particularly not. interested, yeah. is Crown's marquee is not in the birdcage with the Emirates and Tab and Lavazza. It's at another part of the race course. Oh, it's in Lloyd Williams's house. You have to get a <laughs> chopper. You get a chopper from the track to his That's house it. to get a drink. Out of wood end. And then he just gives you a chopper. It comes back. <laughs> Wasn't that a wonderful story? Yeah. 
Oh, what, uh, I've barely stopped crying. I'm that happy for Lloyd Williams to win his fifth. I mean, I just, I've just recovered this morning. For my, for me, the biggest winners on the of the off track race day. Have you been going through the uh, Daily Mail's galleries of uh, people oh, that yes. have part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they find people who have had a big day at the races. Oh, they and they publish the photos of them at their very best. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest day. <laughs> so the first, I've got a top three. Oh yeah, I yeah, like yeah, it. There. Ed Cavalier's top three, Daily Mail off off. No, well, this goers. is everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Channel Nine okay. gets a run. This is yep. off track winners. Yep, off track winners. Okay. Yep. Third, nope. yep. in, in th- do you have any drum rolls? Uh, hyphen. Maybe Come by on, the time hyphen. you get to your number one, yeah, we'll have we a go. drum roll. Yeah. Yeah. Num- number three. Yep. Uh, was of course the woman who decided that a Pringles can uh, was going to be a microphone and a number of other. <laughs> Similarly shaped products really? that she was going to de- yes, demonstrate with. Uh, well, where on, was this published? On the Daily Mail. <laughs> she was on the grass. She'd had a lovely time. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Looks beautiful. Once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so she was in my number three position. Congratulations <laughs> to her. There was a couple kissing just on a bin. Yeah. Right I just thought, I thought for all of us, you know, it sums up a... It's part of our li- a part of our lives, mm. uh, really well. There's a guy that dived head first into a bin. Yeah, he, he did well. Honorable mention. Honorable fifth. mention. Although okay. I, that felt like a stunt, so I'll sort of I'll take that. Yeah, up. the cameras were sort of too present for that guy. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you well, don't just catch that. Thank you. Points yeah. off for preparation. Yeah. Are you? You would notice these mm. things, of course. The finer detail. These, that's right. There's the uh, the famous woman who was riding the bin. Who now has? Have you seen? Did <laughs> yeah. you see her? She was riding a bin like it was a horse. <laughs> I thought, geez, if she'd done that on Sub Zero, he would have won by more. <laughs> Back in the day. But the number one, now hyphen, how's that drum roll been going? Hey! The number one winner off track, 2016. Still stakes day to go, so someone could still take the crown, but they'll be hard to beat. Is the girl with the wallet, the girl who yeah. rocked up. Do you have her, the girl who rocked this bin, this bin? It didn't yeah. have a license or a bank card in there, so we we couldn't find it. We just handed it into security on the way out. Yeah, right. Which, in hindsight, I should have done to start with. <laughs> <laughs> that's her. That's her the day after. Yep. That's her when she's talking to Carl Stefanovic. Yep. And it's funny when I saw that interview. When I saw her on the Today Show, yeah, I thought she doesn't mind a tipple, no. and she she she's getting laughs on the Today Show. She could end up with Carl. <laughs> Ed Cavalier. She surely <laughs> we've found what we've been looking for. Uh, just some guy from Mooney Ponds joining us this Trying morning. Trying to do his best. <laughs> You'll be on the Dead Set Legends yes, with the Fev. Yes, sorry. Is Fev your co-host this morning? Fev? He's yeah. never up. Is he up. Does he ever get up this early? Uh, occasionally he does. Wow. No, I'm no. missing out with Fev today. I've got Dale Lewis. <laughs> oh, Louis. Louis yeah, Louis. Yeah, That's going to be fantastic. All right. We've got BT coming up next. You're a fan Bristle. of BT? I love Bristol. Yeah, he's nice. Huge fan yeah, of BT. Can be a bit of a... Twenty six wow. past yet? Yeah. Well, can be. You can know what be. you do, people. If you want to get the podcast and then fill in that gap yourself <laughs> and send it to BT. <laughs> Who said dead air wasn't good radio? Ready. About a right banana, the biggest high flying act you've ever seen in your life. Hey. Come on, mate. Follow me. Follow me to the bench. This is Brian Taylor. Looks like I'm the only one to win a Coleman and be in the film. And this. 
is Bristles Missile. Take your flags and stick them you know where. <laughs> the footy might be over, but this man doesn't stop. Morning, Brian Taylor. Good morning, Seb Costello. And I noticed, Seb, that during the week and uh, for the uh, Cup Carnival this morning, you have been a, uh, well, you've been a tie pin wearer. You've been out there every day. And the thing I have particularly noticed about you, Seb yeah. Costello, is that you only venture into the bird cage. Is now, there any other part of Flemington? Now, there's only one thing that you don't see in the birdcage. Yes. What is it? Um, oh, I don't know. Trouble? Horses. <laughs> Strange that. So this means you're a fraud, a fake, uh, a complete wit, and, <laughs> and all of your mates with you, all those try-hard socialites that suit up, get out there in their leather shoes and try and shuffle it up out there, it is embarrassing. It's, it's not, Brian. Fashion. It's really quite fun. You dress nicely. You go out to the races. You have a sophisticated, nice day. Mate, What's wrong it's with that? Full of knobs, and <laughs> you've become a major one in this city, Seb Costello. <laughs> Get out there with all the toffs, and you know, my wife went out and had a look the other day. She couldn't believe the nonsense that you, in particular, were carrying on with. But um, all of the people that are very similar to you in the birdcage. If you're going to go to the races, at least watch the horses. I saw Tanya there. She looked very classy, Brian, and yeah. I was disappointed that you. You weren't there as well. Well, I, I sort of was, but uh, no, Seb, you've got to, mate, you, you, you'll be known around the world as, as a complete nutter idiot if you continue to go to stuff like that. No, it's, I'm serious. The, the Chris Smiths and, yes. you know, the buddies and all these people that get out there and I just don't get it. Come on. Come Speaking on. of Buddy, Brian, big news breaking overnight. Mm-hmm. Buddy and Jacinda got hitched. Did they? They got hitched overnight. She's changed her Instagram account to Jacinta Franklin. Uh, hmm. It was a private ceremony up in Sydney yesterday. Wow. How many people? I don't know. All we can see is a photo on her Instagram, and uh, she's in the wedding dress. Nice uh, Vera Wang gown, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. Right. And Buddy's rocking a, a, a Hugo Boss suit, I think they say in the article. So that's going to change the life of the big fella. Well, that's good. I already felt he was starting to settle down quite a lot since going up to Sydney, but this is, uh, is going to make it even more comfortable for him. So that's, uh, that's very good news, because it is a fact that when players do settle either with a girlfriend, fiancé or wife, that they mature and they become the best players they can be when that happens, I reckon. Is that right? Yeah, I remember, um, was it, uh, I was at the Collingwood Best and Fairest a few years ago, the one that Dane Beams won. Now, mm-hmm. he's not at the club anymore, but I remember somebody mentioning that uh, they you know, worked hard to make sure they found him a partner and they felt like that had settled him a lot and allowed him to play his best footy. Yeah, absolutely no doubt about that because you... You, your mind goes off the social aspect of what you should be doing as a teenager and uh, into looking after your partner and then working on a future with your partner as well. So it, uh, it preoccupies, and all of that spare time that we so often talk about with players is, is taken up with, uh, with looking after you know, the fiancé, wife or girlfriend. So I think it's a great thing for Buddy. Uh, he was already settling nicely, but this is going to really help him. See what Usain Bolt's had a good time while he's been. Yeah, boy, and hasn't John <laughs> Stephenson just hung off the coattails? Hey, there. no, easy on Steffo. He is a good man, Steffo. He's pulled off a massive deal to get Usain here for no. the Nitro Series over the summer. He's a good fella, and uh, all of that stuff we know that. But boy, has he hung around. Um, interesting with all the press conferences with Usain. There's been other athletes up on the podium with him, speaking with microphones in hand. Yes, and uh, none of them get asked any questions. <laughs> the question I would ask is, what the hell are they doing there? All of these other athletes said. <laughs> oh, mate, the state major events minister yesterday was the proverbial spare at the wedding in the press conference <laughs> yesterday, standing next to Usain Bolt. Oh. Nobody wanted to know. Very funny, though. Just sitting up there, and there's a couple of lovely athletes, Australian athletes, you know, boys and girls. They're yes. really, 
Close. They just didn't get a look in. No. They just didn't get a look in. It was all about the bolt, man. Yep. Well, Brian, yep. you have a wonderful Saturday. You going down to the birdcage today for Stakes Day? No, uh, my son's twenty first today, so oh, uh, Harrison will be uh, Harrison's uh, up for it today. So we're just uh, putting the uh, finishing touches to that. So there'll be no birdcage for me, Seb, and no. you know that that's full of people like yourself. Yes, and that good excludes people. me. No, no, that's good. Good, decent Melburnians. Yeah. <laughs> Of course it is. <laughs> Enjoy the party, Moth, mate. Uh, commonly known as Moth. <laughs> and with that, we introduce Jade Vincent from the Channel 9 News Team. Good morning. Good morning. Sharnel Vella from the 10 Eyewitness News Team. Good morning to you. Hello. Happy race week. Happy race week. Speaking of tricky, yes. I'll tell you what's tricky. Oh, no. A live cross at the races. Oh, fraught with danger, isn't it? <laughs> fraught with danger. It's awful. Yeah, you really had to feel for some of our colleagues this week. We had one of our nine colleagues in Brisbane. He was in the middle of a live cross about Melbourne Cup Day. And I think it's fair to say a lovely but fairly intoxicated young woman interrupted mid-live cross. She was trying to be a good Samaritan, trying to uh, get the Channel 9 News service to get a message out there about a lost wallet. I think we've got some audio of this. You know, as ever, Cup Day, uh, uh, some good luck for some people, bad luck for others. Channel 9, I think you need to know, somebody has lost $3. Really? I probably wouldn't be able to find it, find them. But if you give it to the no, security guy. No, it's important. How dare you? Not at Channel 9. He needs to know. He needs to find that is brilliant. The best part is that Daryl Braithwaite is playing behind that whole track. <laughs> She's a caring member of the community, but that is my worst nightmare. Absolutely. And I know people don't feel sorry for us in this context, and they see a reporter. And they want to get on TV. <laughs> I see the ambition in their eyes mm. every time, but it is terrifying. You're, you can already feel your heart beating through your chest because you know that, as you say, it's just fraught with danger. And anybody, like our poor colleague Estelle Greeping from Seven, had her microphone stolen mid live cross the other night as well. So, and Estelle is lovely. She's an up and comer cadet, and she's handled it so well, though. Mm. And very boy, well did she grab that microphone back very quickly. What you <laughs> don't often see is after somebody makes a, a bit of an to themselves uh, pissed at the races on the TV news. You don't often see them padding up to explain themselves the next day. So in a way, this woman, Shay, who was the woman who yes. found the wallet in Brisbane, really earned my respect when she did an interview on the Today Show 24 hours later. It didn't have a licence or a bank card in there, so we we couldn't find it. We just handed it into security on the way out. Yeah, right. Which in hindsight I should have done to start with. <laughs> <laughs> but what a legend, though. I think she is Summed it up quite nicely. You do see strange things at the races, though, don't you? You do absolutely see strange things. Now, every year at the races, I end up doing the colour package yep. with the folks at home. That's all the weird and wacky things that are happening. And I call it my hour of power. I'm in and out of Flemington in one hour. And I, there's a checklist. Ladies with feather boas, guys with coloured suits, <laughs> girls with no shoes on, people acting drunk and disorderly, and then anything else you see in between. You yeah. just get it done. Get it done, exactly. We're talking to Chanel Vella from Channel 10, Jade Vincent from Channel 9. Did you see the woman riding the bin like her horse? Yes. I did. She also Bless fronted her. up and did an interview did she? as well. Oh, really? And she just owned it. She just owned it. She said we were having – she was a Kiwi. So she, her and her partner found a bin. She jumped on that bin 
like, you know, she Radio. was uh, <laughs> Brenda Nubdulla <laughs> in the Oaks on Thursday and rode it all the way home to Flemington. Absolutely. Because this is the thing now. Everybody's kind of being publicly named and shamed because these videos go viral. Actually, even um, somebody found and uh, got an interview with the lady who had got her gear off at last year's Oaks Day yes. in the rain and oh, went streaking right. around the lawn. And then they found her on Thursday at this year's Oaks Day in a marquee somewhere with her clothes very much still on. Oh, good. She was behaving. She said she was not going to take them off. She was adamant this year. What do we need to know about Buddy Franklin getting married? Everything. (laughs) Let's start it off with how secret they kept it. So they actually made their relationship public at spring racing. That's right. At the spring racing carnival. It surprises me that no one realised they weren't there. They were missing in action. Because they were apparently in Tasmania getting married. In Tasmania? Yes. Now, I feel like secrets in the football community often get out. Mm. <laughs> Very quickly. It's, it's hard to keep that secret. But they did, and the pictures are beautiful. And it, where we get all our news from these days, Instagram. So is that how it's <laughs> come public? They've posted something yeah, on Instagram. both posted a picture, a beautiful picture, her in a gorgeous Vera Wang dress. Not that you know what that is. Well, who's and, Vera Wang? Oh, an amazing American bridal design, couture designer. Oh, yes. yes. And the quick name change. Mm. Bang. Quick name change. She's Jacinta Franklin already on oh. Instagram. What are you going to say, Lance Campbell? <laughs> no. No. Okay. You never know. You know can be <laughs> yeah, that's it. To we the like fools. them though. They're, I think they're a good couple. Ooh. I think that Jacinta's a good role model and for Bud, young women. Absolutely. And Buddy's had a really difficult year this year. Obviously, he took some time off, and this is probably exactly what he wanted just to have a bit of private time and do this yeah. in his own with friends and people he cared for. We're just sad we weren't invited. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Do you re- and so do you reckon they've done like the newspaper or magazine deal? We're going to Maybe. see some photos, a few more photos coming Women's out soon. Day. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'd like to see. Do you? Yeah, I want, I want to see more. I want to see who made the guest list. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why weren't you there? Yeah, well, exactly. What about Hawks? How many Hawks yeah. were invited, do you well, think? Well, he's got this little buddy pack of the guys who he played does. the first flags with. So Hodgie and Jordan mm-hmm. Lewis and Gibbo. Ruffy and, yeah, Josh Gibson, those yep. sort of guys. Big Sydney contingent as well. Well, this is a really good point. How did nobody see those sort of people boarding a plane to Tasmania mm. in the middle of Cup Week. They should all be on holidays in Bali. <laughs> we failed. I know. Yeah, that's it. This is becoming we should a have been onto of, it. Yeah, we're just bitter that we missed the scoop, basically. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. That's big news, though. I mean, especially, you know, considering uh, it's a big 12 months for him after he had to pull out of a final series for, you know, personal issues. And now he seems to be, you know, back playing footy again, played in a grand final unsuccessfully, and now has a wife. Now has a wife. Successful Six. in love. Mm. And that is all that matters sometimes. Is, it, is that all? <laughs> I don't know. That was way too profound. I was going to say, it's a very poignant moment to finish on, though. Yes. All you need is love. All you need is love. There you go. Well, you guys have a wonderful weekend. We love you. We Thank you. We do. Oh, I feel oh God, love in my heart. I'm going to cop it at work. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> this is not going well. Uh, Chanel, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank Jade, you. Jade, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. In the words of the great Aidan Shields, who was the owner of Heartbreak City, work hard, play hard, and celebrate everything as if you've won it, even if you did come second. Who won it? Who won it? Who won it? Who won it? I don't care. It's I don't care. This is the Melbourne Cup. I don't care. Cup we came here. We finished second. We wouldn't be happy with last. I love that guy. Triple M trainees, wise up. Ditch the paperwork and run your business on bridge. Triple M's Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello.